Welcome to Breaking Down the Doors. We've got kind of an emergency session here. I'm Tommy Dees with the Tennessean and the USA Today Sports Network. I'm sitting in for Joe Rexroad. We have Adam Sparks, and uh, I guess this is uh, a special edition because there's news on the Vandy front. Uh, Bryce Drew, after three seasons as Vandy's men's basketball coach, was fired. Now, if you read the official university statement, he will not be retained or will not return. That means fired. I think it means that to you. It means that to I me. I think that he won't be coaching next year. And uh, I, I, I like the old Lee Corso line. Um, Bryce Drew being fired at Vanderbilt was a personal – or leaving Vanderbilt was a personal decision. His or somebody else's. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And I don't think this was his decision. So I've been asked a lot of times today, Tommy, of uh, surprise, shock, where am I in the range? Um I am surprised. I'm not shocked. I don't think you can be shocked of any coach that's fired after an offer, uh, 0-18, 0-19, if you count the conference tournament. First time uh, in the SEC in 65 years that a coach has gone over in the SEC play. So it can't be a shock. And let's, let's put that in perspective. The team that did that is no longer in the SEC. That's right, Georgia and, Tech. And Sewanee was, which is no longer in the <laughs> SEC, or or even scholarship athletics was the last one before that. That tells you how how dated this information is. Then. Right. Um, so it was historic. It was. It absolutely was. I mean, this the this was also the first uh, losing record in Memorial Gym history at sixty seven years. So it it can't shock anybody when you're that bad. Now, surprise, yes, uh, for a number of reasons that we can get into. Vanderbilt usually does not pay buyouts. The buyout on this, I've heard, is anywhere from 5 to $7 million. We don't have the contract because it's a private school, but that's, I think that sounds about right. He was owed a little over $8 million, I think. Only halfway through his contract, three years left of a six-year deal. Um, Vandy usually just gives a lot of time for coaches. There's the Darius Garland excuse. Uh, there's a number of excuses, and there were some outs in this where they could shake up the staff, try to try to solve some things. Um, but I, but so I was I was not shocked. I was surprised. I will say the staff was surprised. Um, you know, the staff up until I'd say late last night or as or early this morning when it came out, obviously thought that they were coming back and they thought they were going to be recruiting guys to fill their last spot in their signing class and that, that they were going to be given another year. And and on the staff, there was a lot of conversation, to my understanding, of, okay, how do we fix this? What do we need to fix? How do we need to change personnel? What's what's Malcolm Turner, the AD, going to tell Bryce that needs to change? So they thought they were getting an extra year, and the fact that this happened is, uh, is a pretty big surprise. It's a, it's a change from what Vandy has done in the past. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that with, with Malcolm Turner. He's been on the job roughly, what, two months? Yep. Um, there's a new sheriff in town at, at Vanderbilt. And does this mean that he's going to snap his fingers and there's a new football stadium uh, in two years? Maybe not. But but it, it means he didn't come in here to sit around and, and let the program run itself. Um, and, and it probably – was more in his wheelhouse than some other things might be that his background is with the the G League that previously known as the D League Developmental League of the NBA. So he's probably seen good basketball before. He knows what it's supposed to look like. He certainly has people, whether he wants to trust his own eyes or not, that he could have look and say, well, "What are you seeing here? Is you know, um, do you think this can be fixed? And what would it take?" And and so. I think he's probably pretty comfortable making this decision more than he might be in another sport where he, where he might not have the expertise. So to come in and your your first crisis, so to speak, is a, is a winless in, in conference basketball 
was probably one that he felt comfortable with that he can solve. Yeah, I think there's a few things in there. Number one, I think you got to look at it as Malcolm Turner being different than the past because if David Williams is AD right now, uh, Bryce, Bryce True gets another year. There is no way, I think, that whether David Williams, whether it would have been his decision or somebody else's, Bryce Drew is not fired with three years left on his contract if David Williams is here. So that tells you things are different already with Malcolm Turner, for better or worse. We'll see who the new coach is and how they how they do. Um, another thing is I, I think this tells you where Malcolm Turner's, uh, how he judged Bryce Drew. When I sat down with Malcolm Turner on his first day, February 1st, was his first day on, official day on the job, Remember, I sat with him for maybe an hour, long interview, talked to him on the record, talked to him quite a bit off the record uh, about a number of issues on campus, including the basketball coaches. And he did not see this as on his to-do list. He came in, as you mentioned, football. And you're talking fo- about the minute from the minute he arrived. Yeah. So we're not talking about two weeks ago. That's right. He, he got here and thought, okay, I've got to figure out the football stadium renovations or new stadium or whatever. I've got to figure out the athletic strategic plan, which is what Nick Zeppos calls it. I've got to figure out some things with fundraising. There's some stuff, there's some problems I need to fix here. Basketball is not one of them. That's, again, when he arrived here. But he has sold himself, and he's been known as this. His MO is problem solver. Um, if you look in his background, if you talk to Malcolm Turner like I did, his his whole thing is his reputation is he goes in – Either as a consultant, branding, G League president, he goes in, sees a problem, and says, I can fix that, and I can fix it better than anybody else. I can find out the solution that nobody else can can figure out. And that tells you that he didn't see a solution here. because A solution within the previous coaching right, staff. Right, right. This is not fixable with right. Bryce Drew. The way to fix this is to throw throw it out and start over. So Absolutely. I think that's the only way you can see it because, I mean, if it's good, it's costing them that much money to do it. The, the I hate to say the easy thing is to fire the coach, but it is the simplest thing. If you can get the approval to spend that kind of money from the Board of Trust and from the university – and that's that's kind of the the simplest way out. I'll fire him, and that's that's problem solved. I, I tend to think Malcolm Turner would would lean more toward I can I can change the staff, I can shake this up. Maybe we change something in recruiting. Bryce Drew had even mentioned after his last game in the SEC tournament, hey, I need to look at maybe players that are more basketball skilled than athlete skilled, and you hear that a lot in recruiting now. Right. So there was a plan to fix this. But Malcolm Turner apparently said, "No, it's not fixable. You're 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 out the door." Yeah, which is to say, he he must have assessed that he's over his head. That Bryce was over his head, or Bryce and his staff, and and we don't know what went on internally. There could have been some tug of war, give or take. Of I could let you stay, but you're going to have to find you're going to have to go get a different group of assistants. And Bryce saying, "No, these people can get it done," and and the AD saying, "I guess he just doesn't get it." Um, I'm not saying that happened, but we don't know that, that some discussions along those lines may have happened. He may have had options he wasn't willing to take. I've known of cases like that. There's usually back and forth. And, uh, you, you know, with Bryce's staff, I would say more than others I've covered, um, is a it's a family. I know that's a cliche that's overused, but it actually was family. I mean, his brother-in-law was his big man coach. His other two assistant coaches and their families – um, along with Bryce's dad, Homer Drew, who would watch film with them and all that. that. After games, before games, all that, they would all come to one house 
one of their houses and hang out before games, after games, all that. This was one big family. So was he asked to get rid of one of them? That's, that's a possibility uh, Was if he was asked to shake up the staff. I'll say again, the staff thought that they were going to yeah. be employed yesterday. Right, and, and it could have been more of a case where – he, you know, your, your new AD asked the coach, what's your plan to fix it? Expecting to hear, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, and maybe not hearing what yeah. what he wanted to hear, whatever that is, whether that's new personnel or recruiting change or what. Um, obviously, he didn't think that, that the problem could be solved by the people who were already there. Well, and that and that kind of turns us to what so are how they... do you solve it going forward? Yeah. With the, what are you looking for? And, uh, you know... You and I were discussing this before we went on air here. Uh, usually you go more towards the opposite of the guy you're, you fire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you've got an X's and O's guy that you just fired, well, you got to go get a guy that can recruit. A rah-rah guy. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, you know when they did that with Bryce Drew, Kevin Stallings was a hard-nosed X's and O's wear you down. The biggest I'll fix it with my chalkboard. That's right. That's right. And the biggest criticism that Kevin Stallings had was he can outcoach the opposing coach, but by February his players will be just worn down to the nub and won't have anything left. Bryce Drew comes in happy and clapping and everything's positive and I can recruit and I can bring in kids that love me. I mean, you know, he just went 0 and 19 in the SEC and his players like him a lot and the players' parents like him a lot, which says right there maybe he should have been more critical to his players because it was it was still a fun atmosphere at 0-19. And, but as we saw at the end, they liked him, but they didn't play hard for him at the Correct. end. Correct, yeah. You know, they, he did not get max. One, one thing that, that usually when you see, and I think it's the same case with Alabama, which is um, apparently uh, reportedly uh, buying out Avery Johnson, working on a negotiation there, is is that if, if the players want to play for the coach, you will see effort. And there was a time earlier in the season where we saw Vandy effort but didn't get winning results like against Tennessee. There's a point beyond which we didn't see a lot of effort, which means they quit playing hard for the coach. Yeah, the last three, four games were were blowouts against bad teams. When that happens, uh, yeah, there's there's quit. There's, you know, hey, your coach may get fired unless you win a game. Well, we're still going to lose. That's that's essentially what you got. Um, But kind of going to the next coach – um, so, you know, I've, I've made this point a few times today. John Brandon is a name that's been thrown around a lot. Northern Kentucky has his team in the NCAA tournament, second time in three years. Well, that's a young coach in his 40s that has made his name as a good young assistant, but then as a head coach in the Horizon League. Well, that sounds a whole lot like the guy they just fired. Bryce Drew took Valpo to the NCAA in the Horizon League. So do you... Do you t- is there any risk in hiring a guy that at least just has the same qualities as the guy that you fired? Yeah, I think there is, and and, and the difference may be not knowing the the people involved, but but having seen Bryce Drew up close more than I have, obviously the other guys. How much of their personalities, you know, if if the guy's young and enthusiastic and just happened to coach in the same league, that that's not a disqualifier. But I think what Vandy, obviously, you know, what I'm looking at, if I'm the AD, is I don't want a guy who's going to pat a guy on the back after he turns it over five times in five trips and talk about how, how much we learned from that and how great this experience was for the players. They need somebody who's going to figuratively kick, not pat him on the back, <laughs> um, 
And, and you know, maybe these Vandy players need somebody who can get in their grill. And that might mean an, an older coach who they kind of have to look up to with, with more of a, oh, he's not, the, he's not our buddy, he's our coach. Yeah. And, and you could get uh, Thad Mata's one that's been pitched out there. That's more in the mold of what I think I would be thinking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- there's a question of do you end up with somebody that's got an academic background, that's one at academic schools. Johnny Dawkins is at Stanford. He has the Duke background, obviously. Um, you know, I-, I think an interesting one is, uh, is John Thompson III. That's a guy who was at Georgetown, and everybody knows his dad. Well, but after – Beyond his dad, he went to the Final Four. He's been doing a lot of NCAA's on his own. He's, he, has, he has made his own name, even though yeah. he has his father's name. And he's, uh, his alma mater is Princeton. He has that in his background. So he could fit in well, I think, at Vanderbilt. Um, but is that a guy that you want to go get? I, I, there's there's going to be the obvious ones, and we put some out there, uh, you know, of just these mid-major guys that everybody you got one here at. in town. That's right, Casey Alexander. Now, Casey Alexander is funny because – uh, it's an intriguing situation because Rick Bird's going to hang it up at some point this year, next year, whatever. That's yeah. right. And Casey Alexander, it's assumed by everybody, Casey Alexander, Bird's former assistant at Belmont, would then go back and take that job and would succeed Rick Bird. But if Vanderbilt opened, if Vanderbilt is now open, do you go after Casey Alexander? I think I think if he can get the job, he'll take it. Easily, you would have to absolutely. So, but you know, he's one of the many and mid-majors. He's a very good coach. I mean, we've yes. seen the product at Lipscomb, and that's not a school with the uh, no no offense to Lipscomb. That's not a school with SEC resources, and he's been very successful with that. And I've seen him play SEC teams during his tenure, and and look, you know, you don't look and say, oh, this guy's overmatched. Well, and, yeah, and that's a guy that back to our earlier conversation. Not all guys that are around 40 years old and come from a mid-major are the same. That's a guy that I think would um, – is a d- different pedigree than uh, than Bryce Drew, Bryce Drew, but they would approach players differently than Bryce Drew. X's and O's, who knows, but he's shown he can coach, and he did a really good job under Bird uh, running a lot of that program when he was at Belmont. But, you know, we, we get a lot of these names, uh, Buffalo um, – uh, Nate Oates, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of these mid-majors or high mid-majors that were NCAA tournament time right now, all the same names are being thrown out there. And, you know, wh- who are you competing for for jobs? So does Vandy go after the same guys as Alabama? Um, does they go after the same guys as Texas A&M? Yeah, let me let me just throw, throw – this, this is a list put out by the New York Times, and, and who knows by the time you hear this, there may be more names on it, but – but I think most of the most of the coach changing happens earlier rather than later. If you're yep. not in the NCAA tournament and you're out of your conference tournament, often they they'll go ahead and make it known because they want to get their their hat in the ring for the best candidates, and you don't want them to all taken up. But you know, presumably Alabama, as we mentioned, Vanderbilt, obviously UCLA is looking for a coach. I don't think they're going to go head to head on the same names there. Texas A and M, you could could um, then it's kind of Washington State. I think is probably not as good a job as as Vandy. I'm not sure Alabama's as good a job as Vandy. St. Joe's, I think you can certainly make an argument is because of the history and where it's located, um, and it's a basketball school per se. So for some candidates, they might say I, I, I like the I like that scenario better than Vander. The other ones are just the Stony Brooks, the Niagara's, the Mercers, Elon. They're not. That, that's where your hire coaches from if they're successful, right? 
Well, so so right now it's a buyer's market. If you're a hot coach, young or old, that's looking to make a move, you know, Vandy's right at the top of your list because there's not UCLA's obviously the the one of those that that's got the best pedigree, but outside of that, usually there's three times that many. Looking. Well, and now Malcolm Turner hits another obstacle there. His obstacle number one is can he get Vanderbilt to pay money to get rid of his coach? Obstacle number two is can he pay the money it takes to get that coach? Um, you know, if he, you know, Corn Ferry is the consulting firm out of LA that will be running the coach search. He's not a coaching candidate for the job, nor, <laughs> nor a school in the NIT. <laughs> it does sound like one, doesn't it? Corn <laughs> uh, Ferry is a consulting firm that found Malcolm Turner. So kind of went back to the well that, uh, you know, they hired him or they found him. Now he's going to go back to them to find his coach. Um, Corn Ferry is, is uh, they're good, very reputable. A lot of people use them as searches, executive searches more than coaches, but they do both. Um, now this is, I think this is interesting because uh, the last coaching search with Bryce Drew was done by Eddie Fogler, the former Vanderbilt coach. He's a one-man band, does his own uh, consulting coach search. He went and found Bryce Drew and brought him to Vanderbilt and a panel of, uh, of board of trust members, along with David Williams, Chancellor Zeppo, they said, okay, here's, here's the candidates. Bryce Drew was one of those. Now they're going more of the, the traditional corporate way of finding a coach. Now I still think Malcolm Turner is going to – he's, he's going to pick the coach once – I, I got a feeling that a guy that could walk into whatever rooms, literally or figuratively, he had to walk into and said, it's time to – make a move here. I've been here two months and you need to listen to me. This is what you hired me to do. Can find the money. Um, surely he thought, well, we got to pay the next guy. I mentioned right. that too. And B is probably going to make his own decision because I mean, it's again, if it's a swimming coach or a, you know, they don't even play bocce ball, but <laughs> you know, if it's a, if it's a sport where you got to go ask other people, you'll ask, you'll take their recommendations. I think he's going to with it within his resources, vet the coaches that are put up and that are interested and say this is the one we've identified as the best and if that that doesn't work we can move to two and three but i I don't think this is going to be sitting in front of a committee for an interview no and i think there's another there's a there's another approach here too of does the you know okay vandy wants a coach does the coach want vandy right um now Now, one thing you got to do as an athletic director is sell yeah. When you're trying to get a coach to you, take your job. Uh, well, and, okay, we understand why Brester got fired. It was the worst season in program history. But he still got friends around. There are people nationally. I know people don't like to hear that. But national media are looking at this as, I can't believe he didn't give him another year. Um, they didn't have to live with 0-19. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, I, I will say this, and this is an aside to all all the national pundits who there are a few. Or how dare Vandy of all schools? How dare Vandy fire coach for not winning? Well, you know what? How dare anybody not fire coach for not winning? Right. If if you, you want to be good at something, I, I remember when when Alabama got rid of Mike Shuley. He had had a come. He was two years removed from a ten win season, and he was in a bowl. And it was like, how dare they have the audacity to go hire Dick Nick Saban and try to be good? Well, how dare you you be in the SEC and not try to be good? I'd like to see – that's the Vandy I want to see. 
you know, that's the anchor I want to be be associated with. Right. And so does the coaches then come in and say they want to win, and so that's where I want to be because it looks like they're going to put resources behind it because obviously they fired a coach in this situation, or do coaches look at it and say, is there a, is there a quick trigger at all with this new AD? Um, you know, it probably depends on the coach. It depends a lot on the paycheck, too. And let's be honest, you know, the, the guy who's making low-mid-major money at, at, you know, Popcorn State, who has them in the NCAA tournament, will take tripling or quadrupling or more his paycheck yep. and and probably believes he can can do it. The the one who's out of work or or who maybe, you know, the, the, the tail end of a career type, which are, you know, mid-career or later in mid-career, you know, which is kind of what Tennessee got, uh, what, what a lot of people thought was a retread coach. Yep. He's already had his best days. He's already proven he's on the backside of it, and look what happened with them. Most people aren't going to turn down SEC coaching money, and most people – nobody's going to take that job for half of SEC coaching money. You know, this, nobody – You Vandy can't go out and say, look – We'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> to come coach our school because uh, nobody will take that. Right. So Vandy will have to put resources behind. It. This is a commitment not just to make a decision to get rid of a coach. This is a commitment to if you're gonna whoever you're gonna hire, you're gonna have to be able to put the resources behind it to get it get the next right coach. So and now, Vandy has won in basketball before. This sure. is not this is not Mission Impossible. If you if you if you say you're running Vandy football and our standards are we want to be in the national championship game within five years, good luck. That's not going to happen. It, I don't know if that will ever happen, but there's no reason to believe it can happen quickly. Basketball can can make it to the NCAA tournament and yes. do damage at Vandy. You you should be in the NCAA tournament most years at Vandy. You should get to the Sweet Sixteen a handful of years at Vandy, mm-hmm. and you should have a chance to make a, a deep run here and there. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not a bad job, um, and the SEC is a pretty competitive league right now, as we just saw. I think it tells us. I think we knew it already under the previous AD that you can get a good coach because we can talk about Bryce Drew and how terrible this season his record was. But when Vandy got him, they beat out I think it was Georgia Tech and a couple of others that were after him. Uh, Bryce Drew was a big name. Was a, was a, he was a hot. Yeah, he was definitely a hot name. Absolutely, on the coach. That was, I'm surprised he didn't work out, but he didn't. It was a home run hire at the time, mm-hmm. and the fact they did that then, I think it can they can do it again. But Malcolm Turner is going to have to figure out the right guy, and the NBA ties I think will play into it some. Um, but it, it it'll be interesting, and the other SEC jobs open will make it interesting as well of who they can get. But uh, th- they'll get a good candidate. I don't think they're going to rush on this. I think they're going to take their time. Why, why why wouldn't why would you rush? Unless unless you're after somebody who's saying, look, Alabama's after me and A and M's after me, and this is I'd rather take the offer from you if you're ready to make it. And then case if case you're in you a bidding to, war, right? If, yeah. Where you where you say, look, we'll pay you as much as them or more. We want you. Or we don't want you to drop us because we're sitting. We we want to wait two weeks to make our decision. So, but yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge rush. If more and more jobs open, maybe they'll have to get in a little more of a hurry. So uh, I guess that wraps it up. Uh, the next podcast we have, we'll see if we're still talking about hoops. Because if we are. Uh, there's going to be some interesting things happen between. We'll either be talking about a coaching search. We'll be talking about a new coach and (laughs) and some baseball. That's right. Right. Baseball is here. Vandy, uh, not no longer number one team in the country in baseball, but still top 10, top 15 winning. They'll be in Omaha, by the way. 
I've already booked that. <laughs> You're my boss. I should have told you. Yeah, I'm glad you informed me of that. But no, they have certainly have the looks of an Omaha team, and which is not not a surprise. But I do look forward to seeing them in person a few times and um, talking more about that. All right, that does it for us. Thank you for listening on the latest episode of Breaking Down the Doors. We'll see you.